0: you're listening to the a scully cast brought to you by www.ascully.com and here are your hosts a scully and sid talk so sid talk i just want to before we start the show recommend a youtube channel
1: Right now? That's not what we were talking about.
0: It is. Well, it's partially what we were doing before the show.
1: True. Now, B, I'm going to warn you. I understand that you don't see everything from an American point of view, because you're not. True. Bloodborne American person. I am, and I also have counter views to a lot of things that people like to hold up on flags and put on signs and put on ballots and put signs in their yards about. So I'm not always in, f- in line with the American stuff either. So what you're about to mention is going to introduce people to some things that are going to seem possibly sharp to them. Or like, what the fuck is this guy recommending to me? Because they don't, some people don't go outside of their bubble at no. all. And if someone from a different point of view, that you're about to recommend, is starting to criticize the thing that they hold dear... It kind of is like you've poisoned the barrel. Okay? So what you're about to recommend, I wholly recommend as well. With an open mind. With, like, there are more points of view in this world about the thing that you experience than your own. It's like people telling me, right? Because I don't have any children. A person with kids. I've had actual persons say to me, You'll never really understand what life is all about. Because what's the point if you don't have children? True. Pretty much erases my entire existence. And I can say to them, I think I do understand what life is about, even though I haven't squeezed a human out. But you can't even have that discussion because they don't get it. So, what you're about to recommend, some people will not fully get it.
0: Yeah. But I agree with you. And I will recommend this... That's my,
1: that's my disclaimer.
0: <laughs> I will recommend this YouTuber. And he's not just a normal YouTuber. He's actually a famous YouTuber. You will know who well, he is. Well, he's a famous
1: person who now does YouTube videos. He does
0: YouTube as well as... It's Russell Brand. You will probably know him, if you're American, from the movie Arthur. From oh, no, no.
1: The newest version of Arthur, not the original.
0: That is it. The crappy uh, Arthur. From the movie... Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and it's spin-off, Get Him to the Greek. That's where right. you'll know him from.
1: Which, for most people, that's going to be like, that loser? That guy, he sucks. And, you know, in those movies, I can't fully uh, disagree.
0: So he has a YouTube channel where he does something called The Trues, which is a it's his version of the news. And his yes, he's biased towards his own opinions, but it's... He's calling it like the truth about the news, and he looks a lot at American news because because it's kind of easy to make fun of. Uh, and Not he, just
1: American news, Fox News. Fox News. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So he looks at which we all like to call take a dig. Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, and he takes it. He looks. He records Bill O'Reilly's show, and then he goes through Come and in. points out what Bill O'Reilly's talking about, and.
1: Just the counter view about it. It's not like, it's nothing more than you and I discussing it. But he, if you agree with analyzing and breaking down things and thinking about things more than just being a vessel for people to fill up and tell you what to think, then you'll appreciate the concept. You might agree with everything Bill O'Reilly says. If you agree with the way he delivers it like a big fucking hammer... If you agree with that, then you're definitely not going to like Russell Brand. If you're like, Bill, dude, I agree with you, but don't be such an asshole about it. If you agree it. with
0: Bill O'Reilly and you listen, the way Russell Brand does this is he plays back the clip and then he pauses it every so often and, like, intersperses with, like, what you just said, Bill, it, you know, there's this. And then he'll, he'll he'll bring up some facts that maybe disprove what he said or... Mostly just, point of Just view. you're being completely racist, Bill, like this.
1: But that's his also his opinion.
0: Right. So even if you, like you said, you watch Bill O'Reilly and you believe everything he says, this might... No, it's
1: not. It's never Well, I'm not saying
0: no. This might be interesting because there's another point of view.
1: Right. But people who would hold those things as severely as Bill O'Reilly, no, they will never. But anyway,
0: if you're alternative, if if you're kind of...
1: No, just if you like to think about things. You could even agree with all the stuff. Or disagree, it doesn't matter. But if you like, Well I disagree with
0: some of Russell Brand's things. Sure. There's some things about religion and stuff that don't correspond to what I believe in. But still I understand and I find it very funny because it's also satire and it's also um just pointing out like humans and you know, what kind we we kind (laughs) of need to get our act together in general.
1: Well we have our act together overall, or we still wouldn't exist. But when you start analyzing our individual behaviors, and how an individual can impact so many other people with an idea that doesn't include most other people. That's when you start going, Why? Well, it's not two teams. It's not, it's not a, a sport being a human. It's not a competition. I'm the whitest and the richest and the smartest and the most privileged. Therefore, I win. Or when I die, I have the most money in the bank. Therefore, I win. Or... You know, I'm, I'm brown skinned and I speak a different language from this country that's trying to like be the jerks of the world, aka America, which a lot of people think. And, you know, look at me. I'm a human being. I have thoughts and feelings and you all reject me for no reason. I mean, there's so many weird them versus us. It just, it's like you, if you zoom out, you know. If you look at your own little household, you're like, yeah, we get it. We kind we of function. We're pretty good. Then you zoom out to the whole human race. You're like, oh my god. Bill so, O'Reilly is not a good representative of the human race.
0: So the point is, just, it's Russell Brand. Just Russell Brand. Just look for that on yeah. YouTube. It's, uh, go and subscribe. It, it's, if not, it's entertaining to me anyway. Uh, I think you'll find he, he covers a lot of different topics. There's probably something you're interested in and something.
1: If you want to ease into it, you might want to watch the ones where he's talking about British politics, and then you'll get get his vibe, and then ease yourself to the American ones, because it's easy, even me, and I don't disagree with him. I still get that thing where it's like but you've never actually lived here. You don't you didn't grow up in this he did culture here for quite a time. He, Yeah, but he didn't grow up here, he doesn't live here like a living not a, he's a Hollywood person. That's not the same as living in the Midwest in a house and a family and all that shit where you're just surrounded by your community and all this stuff, you know. So you kinda of wanna ease into those.
0: But, yeah. but I recommend go. it. Russell Brand me. on YouTube and it's called the Trues is series. And he does one every day so it's T R E W-S. Yeah. Uh, So, let's get on to the show. It is not. It is not Saturday, July the 12th. And this is after the show number 335. We're looking at a movie this week. That's what our podcast does. We review a movie on Blu-ray. And the one we're looking at this week is The Book Thief. It's a 2013 movie. It's already out on Blu-ray, so you can pick it up now. It's PG-13 from our friends at Fox. And Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of The Book Thief.
1: And let me give you one kind of point about Russell Brand. He is a very wealthy actor, performer, privileged as well. He's been a heroin addict, he's had his struggles, but let's face it, he's a very rich guy, with all every privilege at his fingertips, and probably will be the first one to tell you he can have anything he wants in this world. And some of his comments are about how rich people are greedy, and it should be, everything should be fair, and everyone should have, you know, equal of everything. So it's kind of, you gotta, you know, Acknowledge that. So that's like, what The Book not- Thief is about? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just didn't get that out there. But um, The Book You're Thief... You're spilling over into is- <laughs> The Book <laughs> Thief is a slice of time during World War II in Germany about a young girl who's sort of living through the, the terribleness of... The conflict that just normal Jew- German people had, while Hitler and that the, that philosophy was like sweeping over their nation in the late '30s, early '40s, and that's how I saw like from the take of just normal people becoming ab-
0: like absorbed into it. The war happening ar- yeah. around them,
1: on well, right on top of them, basically.
0: So yeah, but centering on this girl. And, obviously, books are a mm-hmm. important plot point. So, um, The Book Thief, uh, based on the famous book, The Book Thief.
1: I thought I turned that light on.
0: Did you, um, what did you think? I loved it. The I, light is, what?
1: I what? That thought I turned that light on. but It doesn't, doesn't work,
0: there's no bulb in it. Oh. <laughs> so you could never turn that light on.
1: <laughs> Damn. Um, oh, now I have the hiccups. I loved it, I give it a ten. Out of ten.
0: Is that it? Are we over now?
1: I'm just what? saying, I don't... Everything I'm going to say is going to going to be biased because I think it is, for me, an all-encompassing movie-watching storytelling experience, a visual storytelling experience. I don't read books, really, I never have. I'm a movie person. And every time a movie falls short of a of a of a thing for me, like there's always just that one element that could have made it more oh, you know, fulfilling. This has there is nothing that it is missing for me. Not one single thing. And now, so it's I'm everything you everything I say is gonna sound like I'm just right up its ass because I <laughs> loved
0: it. <laughs> what I thought about it was, and this is what even from the opening shot on the train. Um, Firstly, it's visually amazing. I, I really like Gorgeous. that look. Um And secondly, I think, like, this should be shown in schools to kids. Because uh, it's not particularly violent or anything, even though it does show the war. Yeah. But, I think, and there's not many films that do this, and Schindler's List might be one, but showing the war in Germany from a German person's point of view is rarely done in an American or British movie. It's, it's usually... Yeah. It's usually from the point of view of a British soldier or an American soldier or a soldier.
1: Where Germany is the enemy. Right. Instead of German people are living through it's it. It's never
0: shown from the point of, oh, day-to-day life, a war is happening, but normal people, what do they do? Like? And, and how, how did that.
1: they become, you know, as um, supportive of the idea? Like, you know... Looking at something from the outside in, it's very easy to say, oh, those people, they could have just all rose up and not let the the Nazis take those Jewish people out of their town. But then as you see, it's insidious slowness. And this movie addresses the idea of it starts out with an idea, starts off with people separating just in their minds, like, oh, he's got, you know, his name is a little different, and the shop is, you know, you're like, oh, let those people aren't German, they're... Russian, or are they possibly um communists? And I did like then those little touches about scraping the signs away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was slow, and then all of a sudden the swastikas start appearing, and book burning happens, and it just, like, you can see... You know people now who jump on... Bill O'Reilly could be one of those people who could get sucked into a kind of movement where...
0: We have or to clean this. Could... We have to clean this place up. Get yes. rid of everybody. Yes, well, where he not... could
1: be one of those charismatic spokespersons who rally people around a very rigid way of thinking, and rigid way of thinking. Like in this movie, you see it slowly. What it does, it's like um, like a magnet. It just slowly pulls people, like a you know really big. magnet. And you magnet. don't really just... have much
0: of a choice, right?
1: And then anyone who can't, who doesn't fit with that magnet is not only repelled, but, like, turned against, and, you know...
0: And what I liked about this movie, because we all know about the Second World War and what happened, we all know what happened. Roughly. This movie, like I say, it's kind—it's of, very PG. Like, you could definitely show it to a child and say, you know... There, sure. There are some disturbing things here, but it's actually shown in a way where... For instance there's a scene with a lot of Jewish people being marched down a street and they just instantly you see the yellow star of David on them and you know what Isn't is going double, to happen yeah. to those people it's like all that story is filled in just by your knowledge um, so they don't have to go into detail by showing you a scene of everybody being killed it's not and this movie handles everything in that way like you just you, we already assume you know this stuff so the day-to-day life is what we're concentrating on, but the horrible things happening around it. When you see a Panzer, one of those, they, they turn up in those uh, like armoured vehicles. That armoured vehicle's just the sign of everybody be scared of what's going to happen here. Like we're, something's going to happen. They're here in a in a authority to get rid of somebody or like the opening and people away. Yeah, in fact, there's a scene that's similar to that. You know, the scene where mm-hmm. investigating kind of, in the basement. Yeah. Um, so everything's done in this, it's very menacing, I found, the entire time. Think about think
1: of it. But it's not
0: the Inglorious Bastards, it's not It plants in
1: your mind this, it's it's sort of like, you're following along with this girl's life who is, it is sad and tragic, and yet there are, as in any human story, there's the ups and the, the downs, really, way down, downs, and then the... The things that we might call the humanity of people, you know, the goodness and the innocence and the like, you know, just be a person even is one of the comments. All the while, you're like, I felt this horrible black cloud, you know, just any, in any moment, even in the best little moments that they had, I'm under threat of I don't want to lose that character. I don't want this relationship to go sour. I don't want someone to be lying. I don't want someone to be fake. Now that, I'm just watching a movie in the 21st century in my cozy basement. My own cozy basement.
0: Not hiding from the Nazis in the basement.
1: Imagine, and it happens now in the world. We can't, it wasn't all, it's not all World War II it happened. It's happening now in countries where people are afraid to express their opinions that's counter to the people in authority for threat of getting your head chopped off or being ostracized, even on the, the smallest scale. You don't believe in God. Well, you're not one of us. We'll just pat you on the head and we'll just stay away from you. I mean, there's this isolation feeling. And I got it totally from the whole movie. Even in the best moments, you know, when they're on the lake yelling, yeah, you're like somebody. Somebody in that world well, is going to hear you, and that's that's the end of it. And that that what doom feeling was just awful.
0: What I also liked is how it 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 portrays German everyday life in that era, but it doesn't actually take any kind of side. It doesn't take a Christianity side Mm-mm. or a. In in fact, the the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Which I don't want to say about the voice, but the, the voiceover is really interesting too. Yep. In fact, that had me hooked from the first second. I was like, whoa. It, rem- it kept reminding me of that Monty Python, um, you know? The, uh,
1: well, don't say it if you don't want
0: to give no, it away. No. So don't say it. A Monty Python sketch. But, um, it doesn't take a side of anything. I mean, it shows you that, like, Hitler's Third Reich was terrible but it doesn't, like, dwell Terrible,
1: even. but mixed also with just people...
0: And mixed also Doing with... their
1: job, which you can't excuse the ultimate result of a, of a soldier in the Third Reich's job. But they're also, you know, the dude who sees the potential in the kid who's running. You see a glimmer in him of just... He's just a guy who sees a kid and... who runs, really, but he happens to be a Nazi
0: soldier. Actually, the guy who comes to inspect the basement. Yeah. Like, he's just... They know of him. They know him like he's a dude... But he's been infected. Right, but but again, he's just a person who's gone a certain way, and everybody could have gone that way, but some didn't, some did. Um, See, that's the key, isn't it? It
1: reminds me constantly.
0: There's no uprisings, though, is there, really?
1: Why? How is it that some people... What is it about... I mean, there has to be some studies somewhere that show that some people are more susceptible to a group thinking, you know, this is the group thinking. This is the authority in place. And these are the rules we're setting down for you. And if you want to live without fear, then you do what we say. And there are people who are predisposed to be like, okay, okay, I'll do whatever you say. I just want an easy life. I just want to get by. I just want to live my life and have what I want. And and that's it. Uh, uh, No controversy, no controversy. Uh, I'll do whatever you say, even if it's horrible. And then there are people who I think I I said to you (laughs) when I went, Came in back from going to the bathroom once. I said, I think I would be a subversive. I just don't think I have it in me to be the one to just bow down and be like, I'll just take whatever you have to dish out. Even if my own survival is on the line, I don't think I could be. I don't think I have it in me. So what is that thing? That's, this reminded me of that because Jeffrey Rush is the skirting the line of. But not too far. Admit of, of compliance. Right. And defiance and. What in him, as in real human beings, not just characters in a movie, makes, if everyone had that, then none of that would happen. So what, what is it with the people who get sucked into it? You know? Like, what is the, what's the damage that's in their brain? Or what is it? What is it? I don't get it. And this movie kept making me think that over and over and over.
0: And the other thing I noticed about this movie was how, during all this horrible stuff, the, the, the core story of the girl and her family. I cared all the... Like, like I loved them. Deeply and fully. They they made sense. Mer- we, yeah, you know, from
1: second one. First second.
0: Yeah, like like it totally makes sense. The, the people in the town, it all feels like a real thing.
1: It felt a little movie set-ish to me, but I was totally bought all the characters the people. and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it felt... Just like everybody, there's a lot of detail, like little details, like that Jeffrey Rush plays the what do you call that thing? Accordion. Accordion, and that that's a valuable thing in those times. Like it, like she says, "Stop playing that, like turn it off or whatever." But still, when yeah. later on, it's a part of him, and there's a part where they're all in the um, bomb shelter, and he plays his plays it, and it's a value to people. It, It's a little detail of him that, you know, and there's details for everybody. The the fact that she has, loves books. Yep. Stories. But she can't, words. She doesn't, she can't read at the beginning. Like that's, you know, but becomes a book lover. Um. And a book thief. (gasps) True. But it's
1: all. I love her first book. That's so awesome. Don't, I won't say it because that was like, oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's, um, it's very, it's very grounded. It's also very sad. No shit. <laughs> and it's also very <laughs> Don't well expect
1: done. to watch most World War 2 era movies without some sadness. I like
0: the fact that it's a World War 2 movie without any combat really or mm. you know ever cut into the soldier's point of view or any of that. It's it's just these are people living in this town. War is coming. War affects them. And that's it really. It's
1: almost like the tiny glimmer of it in the sole, uh, lone survivor, that little glimmer of here's a here's a little village, and these people are having to deal. It's in Afghanistan, right? Right. These people are having to do. They want to just live their life in their little village. I mean, they always have. And the That's asshole Al Qaeda people are, you know, was Al Qaeda coming around, threatening, chopping up someone's head right in front of them because they want you to comply and think like them. And these people have their own. They're skirting the line too. Like, well, do I endanger my whole community and just go along with it? Or do I stand up and tell these guys to go fuck themselves? It's exactly the same little glimmer of like Is that humanity or is humanity killing each other? I don't know. Like we we like to we like to make it sound very romantic about being humane and, you know, our humanity is in the beauty and the arts and the compassion. But maybe our humanity is in the desire to eliminate anyone who's not like us. Maybe that's our humanity, and everything else is counter to that.
0: Yeah, makes you makes you think. And this definitely makes you think. I haven't really thought about World War II um, for a long time. Like, you know, I've seen movies about World War II here and there, but this one actually made me think about it and how I actually relate to it a bit because of being British. And that your grandparents actually experienced right their and talked and stuff. about it too, and the scenes being in the bomb shelters, the German people in the bomb shelters, I was watching this movie thinking, I think about World War Two, and I think about my grandparents in, in bomb shelters.
1: You never thought of the rations. German people. And,
0: I, and I've always thought, the Germans are the bad guys, so I, why do I think of them? But no, there's exactly the same granddad and grandma, and, and I'd never thought about grandma it until, and
1: grand, Grandma and grandpa, who are, you know, 75, 80 years old, and, and they have saw nothing this to do Hitler guy come thing. along yeah. and be like, who the fuck is this guy to... Cause the British people to come bomb us, but we can't say anything. Right. We can't say that because we will get taken away. And,
0: and until today, watching this movie, I've never thought about it from that point of view. So, in my opinion, this movie totally succeeded because it made me think. Like, I always just think German, bad guys, Heil Hitler, that, that. I
1: think the reader also kind of shines a light on that as well because she was a person participating in the horrible stuff and yep. yet we've met her from a completely different standpoint we hear then her explanation in a way that you're like but that's not what I think of as a Nazi soldier person no,
0: like a human being She's, with with feelings yeah and- with
1: conflicts and with like well that was my job and I was you know told and that's what was right and I think movies have done well a story being told to you whether it's in a book or in a movie, if you don't let it enlighten you somewhat, even even just a tiny little glimmer that's different than what you thought before, you just crack open your windows a little bit like you're going to let some stuff in that you didn't before.
0: But the, overall, for me, this is an exceptional movie. Um, and I think, I think kids should see it in schools if they're learning about history. I know this isn't a true story. No. But it definitely, even if, though it's not a true story, it's entertaining. And I think it also... Um, will shed some light on how things... You know, because it is kind of realistic. You know? Because it's more realistic than most things because it's... These are people. They interact just like you do with your mum and dad. It's it's people interacting with each other. They're just normal people. You you won't... You know, you won't think, oh, well, I, I like that soldier guy, which is what you normally watch a World War Two film, and but who you've are, got to relate to is the soldiers who you're following, and you can but, never relate to them. But fully. there
1: are going to be people who watch... And be like Jeffrey Rush is an idiot. He's a fucking idiot. He should never do that. You should just go along and get to get along. You should do what you have to do. Never ever ever disagree with the power. He's an idiot. Anyone who disagrees with him is an idiot. I just want to get on with my life.
0: And Jeffrey Rush's character is also conflicted himself. By should Should. I uh, say something? Should I step forward? You know, even he because it's so. It's. it's I don't think he's
1: conflicted. It happens. Yeah, and then after, but it's a scary
0: that the Hitler thing. It was not something that you take lightly and go, "Hey, stand out in the street and put your fist up," and it, you would instantly get. You killed.
1: didn't sit around intellectually discussing the differences between your opinion and someone else's about this guy you who's running your country.
0: Keep your mouth. It's it was even opening your mouth could get you killed. So it was a very, it was a hard time for people. It was. You know, put your muzzles on. People and piss and around.
1: moan and bitch about America and how you're oppressed if you have, if you don't like Obama. Fuck you. You're not oppressed in any way, shape, or form. If you don't like your president and you're sitting at the cafe or you're sitting at work or you're sitting in your living room with your friend who doesn't agree with you and you sit there openly talking about how you think Obama's an idiot and he's ruined the country. A. Nobody gives a shit really what you think. And nobody gives a shit about your friend who says, no, Obama, um, has done this and he's done that and he's great and I think he's a great man nobody gives a shit nobody's going to come into your house and drag one of you off nobody's oppressing your opinion what's oppressing your opinion is you don't want anyone to disagree with you you want the guy who talks about how great obama is to shut up that's like a nazi thing the guy who likes obama wants to hear what you have to say
0: if you if you live in a country basically with freedom and you watch this <laughs> freedom movie- in quotes yeah. And you, and you watch this movie and think that you're still hard done to. Exactly. You need to get a reality check. Really. I mean, that's what this... it shines the light on. People might atrocity. disagree
1: with you. You might be sitting in I I don't believe in any gods of any kind, right? And I might be sitting surrounded by 20, 30 people at a class reunion or a wedding I'm going to soon, and if I were to try to discuss that... It will be inappropriate. I'm not oppressed by it. I don't feel like they're shooting me down or they want to change my mind. But it's inappropriate for me to talk to a large group of people who totally and firmly believe in their Christian God. I don't feel oppressed by that at all. If off to the side, someone asks me or says, you know, I saw one of your Facebook posts. And you you don't seem to really do the whole Christian anything. And then we discuss it. I'm fine with that. I don't feel like I can't, but I understand the difference. I'm not oppressed. This, These people were oppressed. And there are people, I guess you could take it that way. Let's say you live in a very, very, I'm from like a place where people are mostly very racist. And I don't know how it happened to me, but I, I never understood it. And I've never subscribed to it. And I know better than to just stand in the group of people and start barking about how wrong they are. I don't feel oppressed by that. If it's appropriate, I'll bring it up. I just don't, but I just don't get, but I'm not going to get hauled off to jail or killed if I stand up to this group of people I disagree with. Now imagine that actual feeling that you have to sit there and comply with what everyone around you is saying and thinking not just like, well, they understand that I don't agree, and I'm just gonna sit here and be quiet, and that's acceptable. More like, if I even, if I wince or make a funny face at a comment that someone makes, like if someone tells a racist joke and I don't laugh, I could go get my head chopped off. I don't, I don't have that threat, and neither do you. No one listening to this that I'm aware of. I don't know that for a fact. I'm. I should resend that, but. Most people who are listening to this won't have that threat, and to feel like you do makes you so arrogant. Just think—that's what this movie does. It cracks open in my mind. True oppression.
0: Almost. A bit like the most humans was, are never going to experience that. The Pianist is a another I've never movie. Never seen that. You've seen The Pianist.
1: Oh, The Pianist. Yes.
0: Yeah, with um, you know, that dude.
1: Yes. Alien predators. versus predators, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Adrian Brody. Yeah, that's a got a similar oppression feel. Yep. But you know what? The book thief, it actually is quite uplifting. Despite the subject matter. Because of people. Yep. Uh, so that and it that was what the director and the writer was going for and it totally comes off on the screen. So I think it's Absolutely. a total success. So move on to but the But not cast.
1: in sort of like ethereal kind of, like, oh, look at those humans being um, delusional about... Because when it's... When she's put to it, she goes along externally with what she's supposed to, like when she throws the book, and things that she is starting to struggle with herself, she kind of goes with it, but then, you know... Yeah, it's
0: not like she's a... Uh, she's not like uprising. Wonder Woman,
1: yeah, yeah. She doesn't stand up at the middle no. of everybody and yell, I hate Hitler. Or throw the
0: book at the at the exactly. army guy or whatever. No, none of that.
1: Right. It's more like a thinking person understanding their role in that situation and then figuring out how to balance out like actually
0: being a human being. So the girl who plays the main character, Liesel Meminger. And she's played by Sophie Nelise. Now I, I could have sworn, and this movie does do the Hollywood. Everybody's German, but they speak English trick. <laughs> yeah. But occasionally they speak German. But still, I didn't actually mind it in this movie because I understood. It's not a German movie. It's a movie for, you know, the states. It's, yeah. a, it's and it it didn't bother me at all. I, I could swear she was German though. Absolutely. All the all the way through, I was like, well, she's a German actress. That's why I don't know her, right? So, but she's actually Canadian. Yep. Um and. The accent's amazing because. She's amazing. She's absolutely. She is. She's, she's, she's. Now, I'm not German,
1: so I might be, if I'm a German person, I might listen and be like, I oh. don't,
0: even, even aside from that, just the, the humanity she brings into the thing. And she's only a really young girl when you see her in the actress. 13 years old? You know, and you're like, well, how the hell can she be so mature in this movie? Like, she's. She doesn't have to speak a lot of the time and you get everything from her. Like, I, I didn't, it was quite amazing really. And she's. She's just. I don't know, natural. Like, I could. Everybody's amazing when you think about each person that you get to know. But for such a young girl who I've never heard of, and she's, you know, what, she'd done one movie before or something, like, she said she'd, mm, been, few in, she'd been in. She had been yeah. Then, you look her up. But she's incredible. And then she's playing alongside Jeffrey Rush, who.
1: And Emily, what's her face? Watson. Watson.
0: But Jeffrey Rush is, plays a. They're foster parents, aren't they? Um, Hans and Rosa. Emily Watson and Jeffrey Rush, both amazing. Emily Watson, like when she, I love her, <laughs> I I really love her, and in this movie, it's like a transformation of her.
1: It is, but she's so she to me is masterful of this thing. You meet her, and she's hardcore,
0: and you can't she's deal hardcore with her. German I, lady, I, I couldn't deal with her. But
1: the way she, even the tiniest little thing, the motion of her hand and the way she moves her body, all of it. She already understands that her character is not this maleficent kind of like horrible, you know, like lady. But she wears it as a as a shield all the time, and yet behind that, you see that there's going to be. And I love
0: how she's this matriarch kind of like tough woman. She's had a hard time, and she's cruel, and she's. But she's not cruel. I mean, she's she's cruel. The thing she says is like when she when she's coming out of the car and she's, and oh, she's, she's saying... Oh, I don't think she was being cruel. Well, I think it's directly cruel things. No, she's no, saying, I think
1: you're, over, that's like, a like, plant in somebody's mind. She's not cruel, like a horrible thing. She says just hateful stuff. I mean, stuff, she's not but, like
0: a, like a child beater or anything. No, I know, no, she's no, not,
1: but she, no.
0: But I, what I liked about it was the relationship between her and her husband, you get it 100%. He think you know, you get that he knows she's a hard ass, but they have this thing between them and she bosses him around and he just, that's no. how she is. And when that German soldier says, "Oh, you're not. Yeah. It doesn't seem right. Eh. You're not bossing. You're not bossing him around. And it's just a thing between them. It, it makes sense. Um. But she's she shows love at times, you know. And to the kid, she she keeps it hard. I mean, have to remember,
1: 1939. Germany's already had a hard time for about 20 or 30 years, and yeah. they're probably in their late 40s, early 50s. So their whole life,
0: They've these been characters have been and run down
1: controlled politically one way or another in a knot. There's no there's no, like, time of wealth or anything. It's just been hard. Like, it seems like they've had just hardness.
0: They're a fantastic couple in this. Oh, yeah. It's like I believed it. Totally. I believe we were back in that day and these people exist. It was pretty both of them intense. (laughs) Uh, And then I put down there's a lot of people in the movie, but I'd also put down Ben Shelster as Max Vandenberg. And, um He's a Jewish fellow we meet um, midway through the movie, and good, good. I really liked him. Yeah, um, a young actor who's just got out of acting school, and this is his first thing he did. And um, this is directed by Brian Percival, and he's also the guy who created Downtown Downtown Abbey.
1: Created it, or I thought just directed? Downtown
0: Abbey was like a co-creator slash director of it and clocking off which is an excellent BBC TV series he didn't create that but he directed many episodes of that and that was a really good we watched it it was yeah. about working in a factory um from like early, uh, early 2000s i'd say it was on BBC was it TV was the factory or mailman no the factory one clocking off where they worked in the big factory
1: what was the mailman one
0: the mailman was yeah i can't remember but yeah. that was by the same guy he, he the guy who does those yeah. that kind of focuses on the working man the factory—I can't remember what the factory made. Was it clothes?
1: I thought I clocking it off clothes. was the mailman.
0: No, clocking off was the factory. I think it was closed though. But it followed a series of people, and it's an excellent BBC drama because it follows each character. Like each week, like focuses in on a character, and then similar to the one where they all win the lottery. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in fact, that's by the, that's by the same guy. Too. Yeah. So um, then everybody has a dark, dark secret behind yeah, there, and it facade. unravels slowly. Yeah, like it all seems. All happy and on the surface, but it's all underneath. <laughs> um, so yeah, this Brian Percival guy is actually from Liverpool in, in England. I think he did a fantastic job with this movie. It didn't have a particularly high budget, I, I noticed, and you wouldn't think that it. I don't ever
1: think of that anyway. I think you think about it more than that. I, I
0: think, think, think it looks spectacular. I think there are some, there are some CG type things in here that are just functional, I thought. They're mm-hmm. not spectacular. They're just like, oh, okay, I need to understand that that happens and yeah. that's, that's a good representation of it. But I wasn't going like, wow, that's amazing. But the sound, when they're in the bomb shelter, there are bombs going off, obviously. That was really... In the distance. Yeah, but it was like, I felt like I was in a bomb shelter. I mean, it felt like our house was rocking. It was interesting, the layers of sound that they'd done there. So, they, you know, I, I think it was really well done, the whole thing. It, it's... It's like one of those 10 out of 10 movies. Yeah, I know. I've established that. So going on to the extras, there are some deleted scenes. And as it says on the front here, it includes the documentary, A Hidden Truth, Bringing the Book Thief to Life. So it's a documentary, 30 minutes long, and it covers each thing from the costuming to the music, which is done by John Williams, and to the on the set with the actors, And how it actually came to be, even the guy who wrote the book is on there talking about how, you know, how they treated him and how it got made into a film. Actually, a really good documentary. Yeah. Just long enough. Yep. And everybody's included. I didn't feel like it was, you know, one of those...
1: Nobody was precious. Everybody took the time. They're just talking
0: about the film and the book and not like, oh, Jeffrey Rush is awesome, so let's uh, kiss his ass. It's not that. no. So, in conclusion, I think you know what we think <laughs>
1: Are you asking me? I think I've concluded already it's a it's a beautifully made I wouldn't say inspiring because there's nothing to inspire you other than to think from another person's point of view where you possibly don't and, and you might we're think all that you, you might think that you do but you don't really because you're you're mostly going to think about yourself and if you look at so- at the world in a situation through someone else's eyes, who's totally not your life, like, doesn't live the kind of life you do, if a story can make you do that and actually use that in life, I think that's pretty amazing. So that- Do you know at least one person who's going to think this movie's boring?
0: <laughs> Probably so. I do too. <laughs> so this... Yeah, that's the book, Thief. It's available now. Thanks to Fox for the Blu-ray. I want to say you can enter a contest. Go to aschoolie.com. I mentioned if you go back to last week's, you'll see which movies we've got. We've got four movies to give away at the moment. Go to aschoolie.com, click the word contest. You can win one. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Transcendence, featuring Mr. Jonathan Depp. We'll be looking at that one. Uh Movie recommendations for this week. I am going with, and I don't know why, but this isn't, you know, this isn't, nothing to do with this movie, but Amelie. I had vibes of Amelie during this movie, the uplifting segments. Like, like I know that's a totally uplifting movie, Amelie. It's not a depressing movie at all. It's like, you feel, like, flowery and, way when you come out of that one. But there was a vibe of that in here from the children, like, the way they were interacting with each other. I just got, I just kept thinking about it. And I've not seen it for a long time, so I wanted to mention that one. And my other one was Narnia, which is also set during World War II. And it also focuses on some children.
1: Escaping the... Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's like the opposite to this. But the beginning part of The of the Witch and the Wardrobe is kind of like this. It shows you the village they live in, you know.
1: Very briefly. All it tells you is that these children have to go out of town to avoid but
0: the But you war. get this feeling of doom and then children trying to...
1: Oh, I didn't get the doom from them. Narnia
0: at all. I got more like fantasy I from, doom. Well, I mean, it shows you like some bombings going on at the beginning of Narnia. First one.
1: Yeah, don't feel that threatened, because I know they're about to go to some weird snowy place.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going with Nania and Amelie.
1: And I am going to go with Frida, about Frida Kahle, and the only reason is I was looking at what Jeffrey Rush has done, and he's in that. And I forget him in that, but Salma I love that movie. Some Hayek. It's about an artist, Mexican woman artist, and it's really good. It's
0: really good. Yeah, he was in that. He was a, I remember. like, lover.
1: He was also in... Um, no, her husband was Doctor Doc Ock, wasn't he? That was the dude, Doc Ock. And oh, yeah. um Men in Black, all three, because I really like them. This movie had nothing to do with them, but for some reason the other day, I started thinking, I need to get out Men in Black and watch them all. So, there you go. <laughs> that's like the opposite of anything that's like political. <laughs> well, maybe not, because the whole idea is to keep every, everybody out who's not supposed to be here and control everybody. Yeah, if you like, yeah. <laughs>
0: if you've seen too much, what? we'll raise your mind.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. What are we doing? I've forgotten everything before this moment.
0: All right, um, so so that's my recommendation. All right, so. Men Ga- in black.
1: <laughs>
0: games and a Scully stuff. Not much because because of the weird time continuum. This is happening two days after the last one we did. So I spoke about games just then. No, it's not two days. Three days. Sunday,
1: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Four days.
0: So, I haven't played much games. Well, I have played games, but the ones I talked about last week, I've been playing those. But I have been playing more of that Doki Doki universe on the Vita. And I can't tell you why, because it's really kind of... It's quite intriguing. Like, all the different worlds that you can visit in it. You're a little alien dude that drops into a world, and then there's a little story on each world. And the world I did last night was about jealousy. So there's all these characters and you've got to solve this little mystery between them all. And it's to do with jealousy. And then at the end of each level, it gives you a psychological exam and you answer some questions. It'll go, it'll show you a picture really quick. It'll go, don't think about it. You see this picture and the picture will be like broken into, it'll be two things. It'll be like an alien holding a banana or like on the other side, it'll be, um, like, like a really mad looking robot that's punching a wall. And I'd be like, which one do you prefer? And you, you kind of, in your mind, like, know what you prefer, don't you? And at the end, it says, this is what, it's trying to, the whole game's trying to build a psychological profile of you. And mine's really spot on. I, I, creepy. Yeah, it's really spot on down to, like, things where I'm like, wow. Yeah, that is exactly what I would, and you told me to choose between a blue dolphin and a red reindeer. And what I chose, and then you say, well, I think this about you. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly about me. What the hell? So it's a pretty interesting experimental-type game. It's on the Vita. It's actually free this month. It's part of the PS Plus. So you don't have to pay for it. Um Also, it's my birthday on Friday.
1: It's your birthday. Da-na-na-na-na. na it's your birthday. da na na na
0: When this airs, it'll have already been my birthday. I'm 45 years old.
1: Is it Yay. airing anymore? I guess everything is air. Well, let's come through a cable. Sure.
0: So um, we're, we're, we are going to go and see Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which is the new Planet of the Apes movie, which I'm excited to see because the... No, it's not Rise. What's the new one? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Rise was the one that we saw a couple of years ago. We actually reviewed it here on After the Show. So we will be seeing that. Um, and the other thing is this. You want to mention this? Yes.
1: We, you mentioned to me a while back. Well, I saw it. You talked about it one other time, I think. And I was in, the, and I've forgotten completely about it. And then I was in the store. I saw it on a shelf in the health food section. It's in the health it's food It's funny section. that it's in the health food. Yeah. Why? Very funny. Uh, I don't have any idea, but it's called Biscoff. B-I-S-C-O-F-F. Now, in other parts of the world, cookies are called biscuits. In America, biscuits are biscuits. True. <laughs> Biscoff is, Made from cookies, like a butter cookie that's been ground up and turned into this spread, like a peanut buttery type of spread, but it's made out of the cookies. It's a,
0: sp- it's a cookie spread.
1: So when you eat it, your brain is kind of like, I'm eating a cookie. That taste and it fills your whole, ugh, the best part of these buttery cookies is in your mouth. <laughs> And it's amazing.
0: And Biscoff cookies, if you've ever been on an airplane, European airline, it's the... When they give you a cookie and a cup of tea or whatever you get in the... You don't
1: get that in America.
0: I'm saying European airlines. Yeah. Um, If you get a cup of tea or a cup of coffee on the flight and they give you that little packet with the two cookies in it, those are Biscoff cookies. So it's those ground up. And yeah, it is insanely... It's like you're eating a liquid cookie. Well, not a liquid cookie, a peanut butter consistency cookie. Right. Uh, and it, wow, it's so good. Um, and it, what does it cost, $5? Yeah.
1: It's, it's quite I a decent jar
0: that would last a while because it's not the kind of thing you just like. It's st-
1: not going to last a while.
0: Well, it's don't not the kind doing, of thing you would- Don't
1: make it sound like, oh, we'll just take a little nibble now and then. We're gonna have it for I mean, a I would. Uh, We've already eaten about five teaspoons.
0: A thing of Nutella would last me forever, cause I like it a little bit. It doesn't last. But not forever. much. Well, I don't- Maybe you eat a lot, I don't.
1: It wouldn't last you forever.
0: You'd it would- it. It'd last me a couple of months, cause it's this the kind of thing that is-
1: This! because this, if it's sitting in the kitchen, and you think, oh, I want a snack, you'll get out a little teaspoon, and you'll have a little nibble. I don't and know. then you'll do it again the next day, and before you know it, it'll be empty. <laughs> Because it's really good if you take a little tiny nibble of it and then have a cup of yeah, hot tea. Yeah, it's not good on I mean, the a calories. drink of hot tea. Yeah,
0: it's um, the same as what two, I think, two or three cookies would be. It's actually like two cookies if you eat two tablespoons of it. A tea tablespoon is a cookie.
1: Tablespoons. <laughs> no, it's
0: a tablespoon. Uh, so that's Biscoff spread, and that's not we're not sponsored by them. No, nope, Just nope. thought it was a nice. It just tastes nice. And so we're gonna
1: get some vanilla ice cream, and we're gonna have it with that.
0: So what's for dinner?
1: Well, we're having that. Just that. Just that. With ice cream. (laughs) And some fried rice. Because we saw it on a show, and then I said, I'm going to do it, and I made it the other day, and it was amazing, and I'm going to make it again.
0: Egg fried rice. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, it's fried rice with egg. Yeah. Yeah. Scrambled eggs. (laughs) You call it an omelet. I say that's just a snotty way of calling it. That's what you call scrambled eggs. And my advice kind of goes in line with, what we're talking about, and it applies to me too, so don't ever think I'm giving advice that I don't try to turn on my own self, but think about how close-minded you are, really. Pick any topic, anything at all. It doesn't even matter. It could be like how one should decorate one's home. Should one follow all the trends in magazines or should one make it completely personal down to every piece of art is handmade and the kids' drawings are on the wall and nothing matches to, oh, I would never do that. I, I've got to have the latest. I mean, that's just what your home is for. It's a showplace, right? That As innocuous as that is, how close-minded are you? Do all of the things that you think about politically or economically or in your community all boil down to you being selfish. Because if your attitude is, how's this going to affect me? How's it going to affect my house? How's it going to affect my property value? And not about how, well, how do I fit into this community and how do I contribute or benefit from this and that? I mean, that's the whole picture, isn't it? You know, benefit and cost and all that stuff to yourself, not just me, 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 me. Um, because I think even I, I don't want, I don't care if we have a super conservative president who comes in and changes, you know, just does the whole flip around from whatever people think our president Obama has done. I don't care. I don't care at all. What I care about is that when I discuss it with people, there's this sense of, because I only support president Obama because I do support some of the ideas, right? Right. Then when you're listening to people, there's this angry, fucking, if I had a chance, man, I'd string him up. And I'm not kidding you. I have heard people say this in a conversation where the other people didn't agree, disagree with that. There's this hate, this like, cancerous thing that people get in their minds about things that closes them off to the fact that they, their interests their little precious family and their little precious property isn't the only fucking thing in this world that matters. In fact, it doesn't matter at all to anybody, anywhere, except for you. It's a big universe. Nobody gives a shit. If your property value went down by $1,000 because they let a gas station go up on the corner and it's owned by some company that you don't agree with. It just That kind of stuff, it's so self-absorbed, it drives me crazy. I just think if you think about how closed off am I? Why do I think what I think? Don't even change what you think. Just think about why you think it.
0: And if you need to rise up, rise up.
1: <laughs> well, unless you disagree with me, then <laughs> I want you. To <laughs> so, I just can't. It's like my mantra. It's like my thing. I, I, I can honestly say I do not understand. Like, like a single threaded mind. That my life and what I believe and how I want comfort in my life and how I want my street to look and how I want my children to be taught is absolutely correct and everybody else can just fuck off. And if you try to poison our minds in any way with anything different, I want to kill you or I want to deport you or I want you away from me because you're different. Because what you want isn't what I want. And you're going to take something away from me. Or you're going to impact me in a way that I'm not comfortable with. Now, there are lines to be drawn, obviously. If someone came into power who said, Oh, all you people who've been paying mortgages, guess what? They're not your houses anymore. The government owns your house. And we will make you pay this. And your ha- grass has to be this tall. And if that happened all of a sudden, there would be a good reason to Then up-run. rise up. <laughs> Or, just don't rock the boat. Just get all, go along get-along, and then guess what? At the end of it all, you're just going to die. You're actually going to die. I mean, President Obama being the president, that's not going to kill you. You're just going to die from that's something that, actually,
0: else. Actually, that has a link to the book thief.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, does, that, You can resist... That opening monologue.
1: You can bitch and moan, you can stamp your feet, you can do whatever you want... And you can think that you're winning the race against all the other humans who aren't like you. And in the end, you're going to be dead. I mean, that's True. the end of the
0: story. I don't mean to spoil it for you, so but that, you're going to be dead. So there's a um, nice uplifting <laughs> end of the podcast The uplifting
1: boy. thing is you have a chance while you're alive not to be an asshole. And that's what this movie's don't about. Don't be an asshole. Oh, wait. I've said that before.
0: So I want to remind you about our website. This movie fires me
1: up. I love it. I love it. I love
0: it. Ascully.com. Sid.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, Stitcher.com. You can listen to it straight from the player on there. You can also catch it on ascully.com. Click on the word podcast. You can subscribe. Email feedback to me at ascully.com. Ascally, Don't email <laughs> struggling. And stay classy. Sophie Nalisi she's amazing in this movie and I really want to see her in something else
1: okay and I'm gonna say think for yourself because if you're not doing it maybe you don't give a shit but somebody is gonna do it for you